impressed. Um, so, but I, I was going to say that um, throughout my life, I have, um, I've realized that I have a very like specific criteria of bodies of water that I feel comfortable being in. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it's fast moving water, if it's relatively clear and there's like a like rocky ish bottom, I'm golden. Um, but as soon as it's like even just a little bit murky and you can't see what's happening underneath there, I'm like, all right, nope, I'm out, I'm done. Right. I, you know, I um, growing up, my dad had a friend that had a, a like a beach house in Grand Isle, which is the um, like as far south on the boot of Louisiana that you can get before you hit the Gulf of Mexico. It is, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's I think literally just like a little sliver of island that's just kind of hanging out in the Gulf. Um, and the friend had a boat and he would take us out into the Gulf and we would, you know, like do the tubing and the water skiing and stuff. But I like I never I was never good enough or confident enough on my legs to water ski. So I typically would just be in a tube. Um, but the thing that like, while I was moving, I was okay because my feet were up, my body was up. I I wasn't encountering really any of the water, but, um, in order to get back into the boat, like you had to let go of the, like the little tether. Um, and then, you know, the guy, my dad's friend would, would then like swing around and then pick you back up. But at some point you'd have to get into the water to get, be able to get back into the boat. And Mm -hmm. I hated that because we were out pretty far and I was like, I, the, you know, especially the Gulf, it's just brackish murky as fuck water i'm like i can't see anything underneath me and like things would bump into me and i'm like i don't oh, know <laughs> it's like i can't and it's like at the time i had glasses and i like you know i couldn't wear them out in the water i was like i can't see anything i don't know what's touching me there's shit moving around underneath me and i'm like i no, i this is the most <laughs> one of the most uncomfortable i've ever been and my dad was like i was a i was a pretty timid um like shy avoidant kid so this it was a thing that my dad would try to do to you know like to like throw me into things that would give me experiences and stuff which i on the one hand appreciate but on the other hand i'm like i couldn't i couldn't vocalize to him my discomfort other than just like i don't like it um but oh god oh just thinking about it gives me the oh, the creeps Ugh. yeah <laughs> oh man yeah, that I mean that that reaction. Um, I yeah, I I definitely wish you well with. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other things, like I, so I've been living in, I've been living in Baltimore for almost a decade. No shit, I guess it'd be a decade in like the summer. Um, nice. And there are still three things that I like. I'm. I still can't kind of wrap my head around one of which is a, is a recent thing, which is the the sort of connection connecting point to what we were talking about with the water. But like, so moving from Louisiana to here, uh, the first two things that I encountered that I had no real concept of was um, like vast differences in land topography. Mm. You know, like Louisiana is flat basically, or it slopes down gradually. That's it. That's like, you don't have Hills. You don't have high points. It's just, flat marsh um and coming to baltimore you know like there are hills everywhere Mm. Um, and kind of related to that there are basements which is a totally radical thing like the first apartment that i had in baltimore was partially underground and i was like i don't understand how i'm kind of under the ground right now and uh, it's cool because in louisiana it's like you dig down i think over six feet um, mm-hmm. you hit the water table, which is why most uh, cemeteries in, in the city are, you know, like 
mausoleum like above ground cemetery type things because you can't like you, you can't dig down anywhere um and the third thing that i still haven't kind of wrapped my head around which is a recent discovery of mine is the fact that like for any body of just random body of water you know like the reservoirs or the lakes that we have around the city there is no danger of there being alligators in those bodies of water which is a really foreign concept to me because in new orleans and like louisiana any body of water you had to just kind of assume there's probably a gator or two just in there mm-hmm. you know and like that's just the thing that's like you could just be in the body of water and not have to worry about that because there's right. no alligators up here and it's like i don't that doesn't make any you know you know it's like the, the just the like the level of freedom it's like oh you could just go swimming in this like <laughs> we have a um we have some um some like state parks that have um swimming holes and stuff in it mm. and there was always a reluctance of mine to be in those bot like to go swimming and i never really put it together until earlier earlier <laughs> this year that part of the reluctance was like in the back of my head i was like hmm there's alligators somewhere in there. I just can't <laughs> right. do it. And it's like, no, they're not <laughs> because we don't get them this far north. I'm like, but that, that's a huge aspect of my childhood and like a, a, like a character trait that I've like etched into myself of just being really, really wary around like canals and shit. And like, no, you don't have to worry about it. I'm like, I don't, that doesn't, it doesn't compute. I mean, it's great and it's fantastic and I could go swimming like a million places around Baltimore. I just, it's like, that just doesn't feel right to just be like, you know, just not to just not have to like to, I never thought that I would never have to worry about that. And it's just like, now that it's alleviated, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do with all this extra anxiety that was being funneled. (laughs) Like there was a a part of me that was occupying this level of anxiety that now it's like a free agent flown around inside of me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where to put this. I don't know what to do with this. I can't just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I could, but you know, yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, that, that, uh, get that, (laughs) that type of, um, fear uh, definitely with gators. I, I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't wish that on anyone. That that would be so unfortunate to be like looking at waters very suspiciously. Oh man, because there was a um, there was a I guess it was a state park mm. that my family would always go to um, in the spring because there was um, like irises everywhere, and my mom really loved going out and watching them uh, bloom. It was kind of like the cherry blossoms um, mm-hmm. in like DC or um, I guess Baltimore to an extent on a much like lower low key scale. Um, but whenever we would go out there, we would always make a running tally of how many alligators we spotted. Um, just mm. because like the, the park is basically, you just go wander out on these like elevated wooden walkways in a swamp. And uh. you know, like, I think there was one time we counted, like, I guess we were out there for a handful of hours. And I think we counted like 25 to 30 gators that wow. we saw you know and there's no telling how many out there that we just didn't see right um but you know it's like in that none of them were like super big but you know they're out there and the fact Mm -hmm. that like they're out there means that there's probably ones that are bigger than that somewhere out there (laughs) and it's just like and i like it's actually one of the most recurring like not nightmares but just recurring dreams that i have of various states of like being out somewhere and it suddenly turns into being out at that park and having to cross gator infested water somehow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and like never really being afraid of that but just like 
like in the dream, not being afraid, but just the sort of like it's almost exasperation. It's like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. I gotta go. I gotta navigate these fucking alligators, and it usually right. re- results in me just like walking across their backs, um, which is a, a weird, like Peter Pan esque <laughs> sort of like way to, <laughs> to to handle that situation. But yeah, I there was one one that I had a couple of months ago that was really vivid. I was just like in a canoe, and it just suddenly transferred and was like oh i like i put my paddle in the water and just bumping an alligator i'm like okay i guess i'm having this dream again <laughs> no yeah like dreams with with dangerous animals is i i mean i wonder i mean well i guess a lot of people kind of like sometimes be like oh what do the dreams mean but mm-hmm. um but definitely with with animals sometimes it just has a different air to it than humans at least it feels like every time uh a human kind of like features my dream it feels like some type of reflection on on me in in some way shape or form but when it comes to animals but yeah but when it comes to animals it just feels like uh like you know very uh foreign sometimes it like certain things are, are very much outside of my control i mean i can't i can't lucid dream like uh any anyone else but um it it definitely sometimes feels that with uh with people I'm, I have more control over maybe certain uh, dreams than, than let's say with, with other forces, animals, nature, you know, et cetera, things like that. Yeah. Well, I never but, really, I never yeah. really thought about that, that like, cause I've always, I've always wondered about dreams as like, like, are they, are they completely in-house? Like you're just dealing with your own subconscious and you're working through, um, you know, like stuff that you've encountered throughout the day. Um, and like the the people that you encounter in your dreams, like if you encounter friends in your dreams, it just, is it just a mental mental projection of them? Um, is it a like, are you actually in a shared dream space with that other person, and you are somehow interacting with a like a true to life kind of version of them, or is it something that is just like some other thing that is appearing in your dream that is taking on the sort of manifestation of that other person? Um, or is it like all three of those things in a weird sort of quantum state that it's like it's all true and it's all not true at the same time? Right. Um, but I never really thought that way about animals because I, I had a, um, a cockatiel growing up um, and she died when I was, uh, I guess it was in like 19 or 20. Um, and she has shown up pretty consistently in, in my dreams. Um, mm-hmm. And I often wonder, it's like, is it, am I, am I somehow um interacting with some aspect actually of her or is it just that there is some like she she represents something to my subconscious and that dream just happens to be just you know like dealing with some aspect it's like if if is it is it a uh, symbolism for something or is it just that like she's just been on my own like somewhere buried in my unconscious and in my dream there's just shifting through like oh okay you know there's the bird's going to show up tonight and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just that it's just the one of the random things. It's just like kicking around my brain. Um, right. Do you? Right. So I cannot, I also cannot lucid dream, but I have had numerous experiences with sleep paralysis. Have, has, have that, has that ever happened to you? No, I don't, I don't believe so. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Good. And the ways that is described like online and such. No. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cause they, uh, 
similar as like not wishing like water or gators on to anybody i would i would not wish sleep paralysis on anyone that it is a really really uh unsettling thing to go through Mm -hmm. um because there's a lot of times that it's happened to me that's like i feel like i'm caught between I feel like I'm caught between being awake and being asleep, which I feel is similar to like kind of how lucid dreaming works. That's like you, you're enough of your conscious brain wakes up that you, you have access and control of things, but you don't wake up all of the way. Um, but the most like, usually when I realize that I'm trapped in sleep paralysis, I try to start moving or screaming. Um, and when I realize mm. that I can't, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm in a, I'm still in a dream. And it's just weird. Like, kind of speaking of water it's like you're moving when i try to move in a dream to like roll over or do something i guess like gain access to my body it feels like i'm i'm pushing through really really thick water like thick staticky water um Mm -hmm. i guess like the um like the back in the old days with the the cr um the catheter ray tvs um and like the channels like channel three that you'd have to put you'd have to put your tv on so you could access the like the video game console or the the vcr or whatever um just that like constant staticky snow Mm -hmm. if you could imagine that in like a liquid like a body of water made out of that that's what it feels like i'm moving through when i'm dealing with sleep paralysis which is a really really uncomfortable surreal experience right yeah oh man Oh, well, but before we go even <laughs> further down into the depths of <laughs> yeah, we should um, probably. I mean, I this is I'm I'm just gonna jump into the the introduction of the episode because I it's been a while since I've had one that just <laughs> just sort of roll into it. But hello, friends, and welcome to So Poetry. Um, I'm very thankful for y'all uh, to be here today. I'm thankful to be back doing another episode. I know it's been a while. Uh, I've been doing press stuff and editing and doing layout stuff and it's been occupying most of my attention um but today is a beautiful uh spring evening i've taken a nap i feel kind of refreshed so i'm i'm ready to talk poetry uh with my guest nikosi nikulaleko um so thank you so much for for being uh for being my guest today uh do you want to talk a little bit about uh who you are and kind of kind of what you're up to yeah, yeah. We were chatting so much, we didn't even, like, talk about the, the names. Um, Inkosi. Inkul- oh, Inkosi. Okay, sorry. Inkosi, I, yeah. No I, worries, I, yeah. I meant to, I was thinking of it, it's like, I should I should ask you pronunciations before getting started. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like, uh, uh, hold on, I got actually wind back. So the the first question is just how how is everything, just the that's that's the first question yeah and just to like um if you if you want to talk about you know like uh like who you are what you're up to mm-hmm. um you know in, anything yeah. along those lines yeah but also how how you are doing today <laughs> today <laughs> um yeah so like my name is Nkosi um I I uh I, I write I play chess I play music and I tend to teach um, and all these, those disciplines, thankfully now, like, is, is, um, you know, been getting more teaching opportunities. So that's like, like a, a, a very great, like learning experience, um, as of recent, uh, other than that, what I do, I, I, I write poetry, I play chess, I teach those things and music. Um, 
oh man it, it, i feel like at, at moments like that that's where i kind of like <laughs> reach my limit i'm like oh man now i need another prompt to figure out yeah. uh, what am i about oh i'm from harlem that's another big thing oh, that bad. i yeah, yeah yeah so um so, that's a big thing on the on the list yeah uh, born and raised in harlem yes yes nice. born and raised all my life yeah wow yeah yeah so i mean the uh other than that it's like it's been pretty much that you know um i you know if like i think just those those limited um uh those limited activities that i i mentioned like in those just have like just so many like experiences so i've been doing this for a while for some years and throughout the time i've been able to like um interact with some like you know amazing dope folks and see some some dope folks like perform read and learn from and so like throughout all of that you know i can just throw in a, just a whole bunch of things about like what i'm <laughs> naturally about but it kind of like you know goes into the nitty-gritty like you know I, I love dealing with um uh especially with with chess i, I love like teaching children like that's like such a, a passion of mine and um and i think that's like <laughs> pretty much like at the <laughs> forefront uh, you know teaching yeah. chess playing chess learning that is that is yeah cool i'm gonna stop there <laughs> <laughs> okay so i have i have two follow-up questions for that um mm -hmm. one uh is there a particular instrument that you play or are you sort of a, a multi multi-discipline when it comes to music um i was I started studying uh, piano um, when I was younger, around seven. Oh, and, wow. So you started um, real young. Well, I mean, well, to some folks, that's like, you know, pushing, like, you, you can, um, uh, late in age with that. But, um, but yeah, no, it's like, you know, been, been studying since then. But I think since then, I've had uh, definitely teachers, but I, over time, I've kind of like more, you know, gravitated to, um, being you know being self-taught mm -hmm. and just uh learning um you know through my own uh curiosities and such but definitely had some amazing teachers along the way but um yeah so i mean it's like uh it's just been piano but i definitely had exposure to drums um mm -hmm. uh you know african drums in, in which like jimbe and and such um the like the whole trio i'm actually blinking on the name because it's been a minute since i've actually like studied it study it but there is a trio of drums that um come together and where you have like these uh they what do they look like uh no actually i wouldn't even be able to put the the language to tell what standard part what standard uh on the standard drum set yeah, um, yeah. i'm blinking on the the pieces that would uh, make that up but but yeah definitely like you know uh you know different forms of 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 different kinds of drums um experiments with none that fancy you know just <laughs> learning basics things like that so drums and uh i think that's been pretty much it so it's been pretty much like piano drums yeah i feel like that's about it cool man yeah. okay so i have Oh man. Okay. So I have a follow-up question for that, but before I get to that, I wanted to ask, when did you start? Um, I guess like what, 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 uh, brought you to your love of, of chess? Yeah. Uh, it's always been around my life. My dad, um, played, plays chess and, um, and, you know, my mom had taught me the game when I was like 
even younger, I was like around three-ish um, where wow. she had like taught me the the moves of the pieces. But, you know, obviously then I, I didn't really like get um, so interested until I was uh, somewhere, I want to say around 10-ish, 11-ish. No, I mean, maybe like slightly before, but that, yeah, a little bit before because I was starting to take uh, lessons different places. But I think around like... After, like when I started hitting the double digits, I, I started getting really um, into it uh, just by, I don't, I don't even know. I probably like saw something, either saw a movie, it could have been like the searcher for Bobby Fisher that could have like just yeah. um, made me go into it. Like, you know, real, uh, real, you know, be really devoted to it. But I, I can't really say like when was the switch because it happened fairly early and it was just always around me. Yeah. That's, wow, that's really cool. And what about um, poetry? Like, when when did that into your life? Yeah, same thing. You know, uh, <laughs> my, like... my like my parents were definitely uh, supporters of the uh, of the arts and artists themselves. So um, definitely was always uh, around poetry of some sort since I was young. Um, and whatever like you know event that they had took me to and. Um, my dad's uh, a poet, uh, and my mom writes, and like she's definitely like um, really like supported me and how I like uh, went into creative writing. Um, you know, poetry was always part of part of the curriculum in some way. You know, mm -hmm. she was trying her best to get me to memorize uh, "We Wear the Mask," um, but it was like it just took it. I. I I wasn't really about the the memorization game at that at that point in time in my life. So <laughs> I think I like only remembered like the first like two, three lines and such, and then it kind of fell off. But mm -hmm. but basically that's just saying that like poetry is also like um kind of like always been a part of my life. Wow. Just generally, yeah. That's that's really it's so interesting talking to like just poets about sort of their their history with poetry because like I know I was, I was writing poetry. Um, I guess as like early as maybe seventh or eighth grade. Um, I mean the poems were objectively terrible, but I was still you know like putting putting pen to paper um, or I guess fingers to a, a keyboard um, to to write them. But I really didn't get like personally invested in poetry in a way that was just that was beyond just you know like analyzing shit in school until. Oh God, I guess it was like, like halfway through undergrad, um, was when it really like clicked for me. I, I was in a bookstore, um, and found, uh, a copy of Mary Oliver's Redbird. Um, mm -hmm. and that was like, you know, I'd been, I'd been in poetry classes in, um, in undergrad. I'd taken a creative writing class, you know, I was, I was writing poetry, but up until that point, all of my inspiration basically would came from like, uh, lyricists from, from all the bands that I really enjoyed. Um, and I wasn't really active in poetry. And then I, for whatever reason, I was at Barnes and Nobles and I was just looking around. I was like, yeah, I'll check out poetry. And I, I found that book and I was like, I started thumbing through it in the, in the store and I was like, holy shit. Okay. Mm. I didn't realize that poetry could be this. Um, and that was like, that was the trajectory, but it, it feels like, I don't know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that being around like poetry and chess and music and all this stuff, <clears throat> like art in general from such a young age, I feel like it's, it like, 
it's almost to the point that's like it's so internalized for you. It's almost like second nature that you just you can just exist in these worlds, you know, and in in a way that I feel like. I mean, I don't I don't mean to make it sound like super esoteric and, <laughs> but you know, it's like it's just to to be to be around something for such to from such a young age. I have to imagine mm-hmm. that like your relationship with it is is like radically different than my relationship to poetry having come to it, you know, like after I, you know, like it was such not a part of my life for like half of my life. And then, you know, it is now, but. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I just wouldn't probably be the one to even assess the, yeah the difference of like how someone gravitates to something because sometimes it feels like I'm, if you know every few years it feels like oh i'm just starting to feel the mm. the 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 feelings of um i don't know some some type of euphoria when i um start to like do some form of some form of research or whatever and reading and like you know archiving like work for for to 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 fit my um <laughs> to fit my educational curiosity needs but it's like like Ever, ever so often, it just feels like my my relationship to the arts changes, and and it's not as if like, yeah, I, I you know, I, it was just about the people that I was around, and you know, the 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 communities that like really allowed uh, someone to to just create i i feel like it even in a different setting like if i wasn't um in the arts but had you know as just as a supportive community that Mm -hmm. um allowed someone to like you know play within i don't know any other type of medium that they want to be earlier we were talking about swimming so like you know if someone (laughs) was interested as i was in swimming like my mom had you know made sure that was a place that can just uh um be around certain people that will push me mm-hmm. and like try and figure out like are you actually serious about this then you know you kind of like devote the amount of time that you want with it but i don't i don't what i'm i'm taking a long time to to say <laughs> that that in terms of like just uh in terms of like just being exposed to it when i was younger it doesn't give me like that that click that in um because i you know there's some folks even with like uh what's his name, um, uh, Bobby McFerrin, I believe he like started um, music or, or at least like training um, seriously around his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And just to think like how far he's gotten and just the connection and the the spiritual um, uh, connection that he's one able to like just play with, but also just able to extract from the, the music and from the self starting at a later age than some people start you know it's yeah it just shows that yeah yeah i guess difference. that's i that's a fair point i i feel like that my question was probably a, a leading question of like you know that's it, it, it's really it's a fair point to say that the, like each person's relationship to like whatever it is that they're passionate about is so varied and so different um that you know it's like even if you like come to something there's a um a poet uh i was working with so i i for those listeners um i'm i'm sure this is old news for you but i i don't know if this is if you know this about me but i i run a micro press 
Um, and I, mm-hmm. there was a poet, I don't know how long he's been writing poetry, but he's in, I want to say he's in his 70s. Um, and like he's had some individual poems and stuff published, but he's never had a book published. And you know, like last summer and no, two summers ago and then uh, kind of late last year, um, I published <clears throat> two volumes of his first full-length collection. Um, and just, you know, like to, to be able to, uh, to have that achievement or that, that thing that you could do at such a late stage in his life is, you know, like it, there's really kind of no telling um, like how our how we how the, our paths through creativity, like what that looks like and how that manifests in in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of that, I, d- I did want to ask. Um, so, like to your point of you know, like every so often, there's a sort of like change or resurgence or you know, like shift in in your relationship to the the things that you are um, like creative in and passionate about. Like, have you have you noticed? Um, any sort of major shifts like either in the scope of or the like the form of your poetry like have have you have you been able have you seen any sort of like from like that from up until this point it was one thing and from this point to this point it was something different and then from this point to the other point it was something different than that um let's um, i mean the okay i have to kind of like think about it like for it uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like thinking of my like I can pinpoint like three or four pretty big like major shifts in my own writing, and it, it's mm-hmm. just I'm curious that like I don't I know like I've talked to other poets that you know it's like that's not a, really a thing that they've either encountered or really thought about it because it's been um, kind of like we were talking about before it's doing it's like it's there's no there's no like set point it's just it's a sort of gradual thing and then you know you're just suddenly you're able to do this thing or you're in this other space but there's Mm -hmm. no like definite like oh this this day at this point in time like at this time stamp this (laughs) this is when it changed right yeah i i think i think the closest i would you know probably actually no yeah Uh, so uh, i'm just you know, thinking about the the different instances, because I think every time I take a, a workshop, like if I'm paying attention, and if I'm uh, definitely engaging um, uh, the the work and and the 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 facilitator, whoever they are, um, I think certain workshops that I've gone to have definitely changed me. Um, and and I I wouldn't maybe even not say change me, but at least I allowed myself to be in the space to absorb like the whatever brilliance and whatever uh, information that was like being shared in the room. But so I think like yeah, I think it was uh, after certain pivotal moments. There was like a, a time I went to um, Kalalu, um in Oxford. Um, Oh my God, UK and uh, and what you call it? Um, Kalalu was hosting some workshops um, out there, and I was able to go there and stay there for a week. And I don't know if you hear things in the background. It seems like folks are like celebrating <laughs> something. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. I my I have really thin windows, and I live next to a really busy street, so I, I, there's always like just very, like various background noises. But it it's cool. Okay, go go go. But yeah, no, it like so after you know Kalalu, um, you know working with Vivi Francis, um, like that, that was a, a shift. And, you know, I can even just keep on going down the line of like certain <laughs> workshops, like 
Rigoberto Gonzalez and um, and Cave Canem, and that's those like kind of early on, and even you know going earlier, I was like, there's a there's a point and shift of even when I was like just starting out, um, and then kind of like um, meeting around um, this facilitator Subha Ahmed um, in this uh, the Junior Scholars Program that's part of the Schomburg Library, and it's like. In, in every phase of my growing into, you know, learning about poetry, um, I think those, those, there are certain pivotal workshops early on and um, as of recent that I like definitely hold dear. And, um, and I think that because I think about them so often, because I think about the things that, you know, people talked about so often, I, yeah, I, I think it's like, it's starting to, I'm, I'm actually realizing how I can't really uh, respond to the question too much because it's like, it just, it'll just keep on flowing <laughs> about um, the different moments in which I, uh, the, the poetry felt like it shifted. No, I mean, that's, that's great that like, because I, I mean, I, I, interestingly enough, I view sort of the same way about my, about my life. Like I was, I was talking, I was on a walk with a friend uh, a couple of weekends ago and we were talking about like, you know, um, regret for things that you've done earlier in your life. And if you had the ability to go back and like change things, would yeah. you, um, which is a, like a constant thing that I've, I've wrestled with. Cause I definitely like, I have some regrets and I wish that I could have, I could go back and, you know, like have those things not be regrets anymore. But like looking back on my life, I can see this all the like the stepping stones from like well that decision kind of led to this and then that thing led to this other thing and this other thing led to me being in this place and this thing you know like you can you can see a very sort of at least for me it's like I can see a very sort of clear like connected dots path from all of those things mm -hmm. to like arriving to where I am and who I am now and like by and large I like who I am now um, mm -hmm. and I know that's like, if I were to go back and futz with and change any of those little nodes along those path, like, I don't know if I would be who and where I am right now. Um, and it's, it's really cool to, for like, to see, to like, hear you talk about your, your experience and your, your, um, like relationship with poetry, um, and that sort of creativity and to see that really organic like you know snake path way 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 back um and all of the like you know like the, all the little the little points and the little things that that have happened along the way and you know like the bigger things like the the workshops and, and working with with um with like some of the teachers and stuff um I, I think that's really really cool um and like to to i don't know i feel like to get more like on the one hand, it's nice to be sort of like to get into the, the sort of micro of it to, to analyze and pick apart all those little moments. But on another hand, it's really nice to kind of take the macro and just like see it as just this one long evolving singular sort of aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And this, this thing, it's like, I, I don't know, there's something, you know, it's like you're uh, I don't, like you're seeing the forest for the trees instead of being like real, real micromanaging about it. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was really fucking cool, and it's it's really it's neat to hear that you've had so many moments that have been you know, like not like for me, I I like I said, I can pinpoint sort of I don't know like four or five like major major shifts 
mm-hmm. that drastically, you know, it's like massively changed the course of, of my of my poetry life. But it's really cool to see and it's somebody that has an experience where it's like it's a bunch of small adjustments and a bunch of small things and it's you know like no earth shattering like oh suddenly you're like oh this is a a thing that has radically changed my life but you know it's like it's these these more subtle course corrections of things that that lead to i don't know like it feels like maybe a more integrated aspect of it um Mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah like definitely maybe not as not as disruptive as my as my path has been um because yeah, like like I said, there's been some major fucking you know like one day I'm this type of poet and then I have a meeting with a teacher, um, Eisen, uh, Eisen Hutchinson, um, uh, taught briefly at my uh, my grad school and I had a, a weird it was a weird hybrid like memoir poetry class that kind of worked but kind of didn't but like who gives a shit because it like it fundamentally changed the type of poet that I was in a massively disruptive and major way. And it was like, I had a meeting with him one afternoon and we were talking about stuff. Um, and like, I went home after that meeting and started reading haiku. And like, from that point on, I was a rat, like that, that afternoon, I was a radically different poet. Um, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, it's, it's like my, it's like, uh, somebody like threw a fucking meteor into my life. And it was just like, Oh no, you're diff. Like this, this, all of the, all of the past poetry that you've done is extinct. It's dinosaurs. It's <laughs> done. And the, what you're dealing with now is like a, the little mammal that was able to survive the mass extinction. That's going to grow and evolve into change into whatever, you know, whatever new thing is going to populate the earth. But all this old stuff, it's gone. It's dead. It's, it's nothing. Um, I love how that just bled into like a uh, apocalyptic like <laughs> metaphor for how we <laughs> figure out the shifts yeah. in our poetic life. Well, that's like I, it's because it feels like from the way that you described yours, it feels like it's like it's it's like it's all one big. It's like one path that has had like some jogs and some some shifts, but it's like it feels really coherent. Um, Whereas it feels like with with mine, and, and this could just be you know my own perception of it, but like you know like I I gained experience and I gained a certain way of doing things and sort of understanding in a particular way. But when those radical shifts and changes happened for me, it really did feel like okay, well, the type of poet that I was before and the things I was doing before don't really have a place now in what I'm doing, like this next leg of the journey. Mm. It's almost like you're like shedding. Like you're shedding clothes, um, you know. It's like you start out real bundled up, and then by the end of the hike, um, you know, you're down to your like shorts and a t-shirt because you're, you know, it's like you just keep dropping shit along the way, and it, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't I actually didn't need this thing, or I didn't need this other thing, and mm. oh, this is some dead weight that I can get rid of, and like, oh, I, you know, I finished this water bottle, and I'm just, you know, it's like I don't, I have no use for it anymore, so it's going to be part of the trail, and, you know. You just, it's like it's a, it's a. I guess it's really interestingly enough that it's sort of like ended on at least for now sort of haiku which is a, a really um you know like pared down very minimalist way of of writing and dealing with poetry that it feels like it was all my poetry all my earlier poetry was like so much it was really it was like super dense with images and it was really abstract and super nebulous and then it got like shaved off more and more and more and honed and more and more and more and now it's this like little you know like little bonsai tree um, mm. or like little bush like topiary bush that's been sculpted to look this like a particular way but it, it is you know it's it could fit on a windowsill 
um, mm-hmm. instead of like occupying an entire fucking greenhouse. Right. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 thing about the thing about I guess the the relationships um, built across the years, either with different workshop facilitators or, or whoever, or even just you know people who take the workshops who can be as equally um, instructive. Mm-hmm. It it just it it's only can coherent i think now because of um yeah it's it, it wasn't coherent like just you know from uh passing from each workshop to each workshop mm-hmm. it, it definitely wasn't coherent and understand like just the connections that i was not either even making let's say um mm-hmm. especially like with with every teacher is like their their position on teaching and how they chose to engage the classroom um was i think that like see, uh, not realizing how these different workshops are linked um was probably like a big frustration like growing up because it's like um every time of like trying to change the writing you're kind of like actively trying to change the writing and or actively trying to improve or at least this is in my case Mm -hmm. and I I think that by that um by that action it kind of like blocks (laughs) all the 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 room that you could be um just you know making relationships and and learning from folks Mm -hmm. and such so i think like you know the older that i get and and hopefully like the more open that i get especially in these workshop settings that um that like (laughs) things will become even more coherent because i feel like i'm only just now kind of like scratching the surface of of like how everything in my life that I've been going through is, is teaching me in, in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's something like similar to the, like kind of all of the, all of the aspects of my life and all the decisions, like looking, it's only in looking back that I've gained that, per, that perception and that perspective of like, Oh, all of these things are connected and all of these things like push me to a very particular place. But you know, in the moment I had no idea what the fuck was going on and what I was doing. I was you know, like barely making decisions for myself, sometimes not making decisions for myself. Um, you know, but I, I think that that's, that's a level of like, I don't know, like maybe internalization or just like greater awareness, um, that being able to get to the point where you can see it's, you can, you can sort of shift the, instead of it being, you only recognize the stuff in hindsight, you're able to recognize it in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. which is like, it feels like a really big, like, I mean, not to use the term light lightly, but like galaxy brain sort of like positioning of, of perception and understanding and awareness of like, Oh, okay. This is, I can kind of get glimpses or I can get an intuition or a sense of like, Oh, okay. This is what, this is why I'm here right now. And I may not be able to see what's ahead of me, but at least know that's like, these are the things that I can pick up from this at this moment right Mm -hmm. now and actively, um, like actively and intentionally integrate them into your, into your life, either like creatively or, you know, just like holistically, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I feel like that's, that <laughs> maybe not like, not the end goal, but maybe an end goal of being able to, to occupy that, that sort of mental and internal space. 
Um, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, like that. Yeah, I, like and like that. I'm kind of flipping over my words because one on on I have to always <laughs> it's like being on uh, doing the interview. Like I'm like, oh, just kind of like a little bit nervous because like um I don't know it, it, with the. Um, as you see now I'm kind of like sidetracking just um, seeing the <laughs> the way I, w- I was just like kind of like you know my words would just start flubbing out but um what I think I was meaning to say uh was that as things to be proposed as an end goal or or something um to to be used for um for an end result like just always seem to disturb the the flow and the the learning that uh, okay. um, I I attempt to do I'm I think I'm only just like piggybacking off of the word as opposed to your intention with it but it's um yeah just the 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 end I, I see yeah, what you're it's, saying. it's like it's, to, to like to do a thing without necessarily thinking about like how it how it could be like what the end result is going to be or like what what the like to just be almost like to just be in the moment of doing the thing. And existing in the thing yeah that is that is always suggested um for cre- creatively um uh probably should make that distinction but yeah. it's like um yeah like that's always suggested and i think i fail miserably almost all the time because i mean like i am definitely sometimes thinking whether i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not thinking about oh when, you know when can i like uh submit this but it's like once it started getting the making i'm thinking like oh when can this like actually be done like how can i like uh, get it okay. to a place of finish and then obviously the people like you know it's never finished it's abandoned you know blah 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 and things like that and uh and yeah so i think like it th- those are just two it's just a very uh, uh surface way of basically saying that um, that the, I think consequences, I think actually allows growth in a sense, because definitely I've created works and like, um, in the times that is definitely like, um, not, not working that the poetic like <laughs> devices are not kicking that whatever, whatever it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely necessary to hear yourself read things out loud and then realize that this is not actually the type of poem that you want to be writing. Um, and, but, so I think like, you know, if I had a, a goal of like, oh, like at the end of this, you know, you know, people gonna be like, you know, clap or whatever, um, that will then also start to, to make me like make certain decisions in the poem, mm-hmm. right, in, in real time, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have like when you were in the act of of like creating and writing a poem? How loud is your internal editor? Um, like in in that process, or I guess during that process. Mm. Um, while I'm writing, uh, it it depends. Like sometimes, like there are certain days where I'm like I'm I'm just good to to do the free write, and I'll be I'll be able to just you know um, yeah just just free write without any like distraction, without any um uh, restriction. But there are other days that I am like while writing, I'll still do the free write. It's not like I'm going to um 
really pause at every word trying to like deliberate over it but Mm -hmm. the the editor will start to like you know scream out um or when i just start to see certain patterns or or when i start Mm -hmm. to see certain things like slightly working together and like how can i make more of that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um or even not how can i make more of it like how can i shape it and like you know because it sounded like close to a good line how can i actually get it there yeah yeah. And, and that's uh it depends really on the day of of like just how um yeah i I don't even know what what it actually depends on it's just like depends on a day some days i'm just gonna be free writing some days i'm gonna be like really uh as i'm writing like you know really just trying to think over uh one line and be editing that over and over in different ways blah 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 yeah yeah so i you mentioned something that I, I wanted to ask about like are how do you feel about so i guess like do you see a like a definite end of your revision process for your poems like do you ever do you ever arrive at a point that you feel like something is capital d done or is it more or less like kind of like you mentioned that like is it just at some point it's just like abandoned or it's just like you've taken it as far as you can take it and if you keep work if you keep messing with it you would continue to mess with it but you just kind of have to like set it someplace. Um. Mm-hmm. I yeah I'm I'm like I'm in the waters with everyone else I don't know <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah, but it's your, you just you just write it, and then it's like uh, at at a certain point. I mean, I, I guess I, think, I guess another way to to phrase the question is like, mm-hmm. do you do you revise until you feel like the poem itself is capital D done, or do you revise until you get to a point where like you are done with the, the revision of the poem? The the really as I get more obsessive uh, about poetry the more I'm very interested in, in the process of editing. So I'm also realizing like, you know, things that even, you know, already, uh, <laughs> that's either already like finished or, or in, a, in, in a place online or in a print, like uh, I am now probably more inclined to like go back to certain things and start to edit things um, uh, to, to work on them when I, when I can get to them. But it's like, yeah, it, that it's 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 becoming less and less of a, a problem like about finishing figuring out like when something is done and i guess more so of a problem of like um of just like sort of 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 once of understanding let's say the the urgency and like the relationship I have with the poem, like if I wanted to to be out mm. and I'm like, oh, I, this is this is it. Like sometimes there'll be like mistakes, but I think even with those mistakes, a poem can be generally done if you feel like it is um, speaking to something that you feel ha- has to be acknowledged and addressed yeah, by yeah. a particular point in time. Mm-hmm. But but I think like yeah, like like I said, as I get older, I'm just like I, I think I'm the 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 word done just becomes a little bit more um <laughs> more uh grayish and 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 you know ghoul, you know i don't know just starts to decay a little bit yeah that's that's really interesting like i there are definitely some poems that i've written that well actually no i like i feel like i i might be an outlier when it comes to this but i there is definitely a point internally for me 
where if I'm if I'm revising a poem, like there is it it's like um oh, what would be the best image to describe this? Um do you remember did you ever play with Lincoln logs when you were a kid? Uh no I no. I okay. don't think so. Um what about oh man, I don't Okay, so I'm actually no. I I think I'm like I have to actually. <laughs> now I feel like such a a, a youngin, but um, definitely <laughs> looking back on it, yes, I have. Okay. I'm looking at these things. I'm like, yo, I had so much fun with these. Okay, so you know, you know how there's like the little cutouts where the like the logs overlap each other and they more or less yeah, like yeah, lock yeah. into place. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I when I'm revising a poem, um, when I like when the poem manifests as being done to me, it feels like internally it feels like there are like two Lincoln logs that are lined up and locked into place. <laughs> it is a very and it's it's weird that it's like there's a very definite end point um, to my revisions that you know it's like I, it feels like there is a there is a version of this poem of or like a version of what this poem wants to be, and I'm working towards that. And when I arrive there, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like this mm -hmm. is this is what the poem wanted to be. This is this is the state that it needed to be in, and that's you know like, that's it. I'm done. It is it is it is a complete unit. It's a thing. It can't be reduced anymore. It's like this is the this is how it wants to exist, and it's done. And like just listening to you talk about it, and just kind of like thinking about it, I I wonder now if that's a sort of like internal defense mechanism for myself or like an internal way that like it i i make my the poems manifest that way because if if i knew that a poem wasn't finished being revised i couldn't move on from it mm. so like internally there has to be a cutoff point for a thing because otherwise i would just like throw hours and hours and anxiety upon on top of anxiety into that thing to try to get it to be you know to, mm -hmm. to be finished and like at some point it's like it has to just be done and that like it allows me to, to it frees me from my obligations to that thing um, at least as far as mm -hmm. origins go and allows me to move on to whatever the next thing is um, that sounds very practical though I mean like you don't want to be like <laughs> spending <laughs> so much time on a poem I don't know why people should <laughs> yeah well I mean but that's like I, I always sort of I, like up until I guess like kind of now thinking about it I always sort of viewed it as that there is like an intuitive that like it was a more or less intuitive thing that I was touch touching into like the 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 I don't know like the manifestation of the poem actively wanted to be like it, it's gravitating or it's being magnetically pulled into this particular shape and if I can get into that shape then I've accomplished my goal but now I'm wondering it's mm -hmm. like is it that or is it more of a just it's an internal thing mm. and it's like it's a me doing this thing to myself that there's like some you know like some internal manifestation of myself that's just like okay and it's done mm -hmm. go do something else now um mm -hmm. i don't know but i've always like i mean my my relationship with revision has been kind of dicey up until or was dicey up until uh grad school uh, now i have i feel like i have a pretty good handle on it but like once I started revising the way that I revise now, it definitely feels like, you know, it's like the poems, like there is a, there is a certain, there is like, like, there is a state of them being done or at least like stable maybe is, is the best place, the best way to say it. It's like, it's like, there's nothing. It's like a, um, like a Nobel gas, um, 
in the periodic chart, you know, it's like they don't react mm-hmm. with anything else. They're just like, they are what they are and they just exist in a stable form. <laughs> and mm. that's it. You know, it's like, there's, they're not making covalent or ionic bonds or anything else. They just like, they're inert. That's just, they, they're done. They're in their finished state. And I've always felt like the, my poems have that. Mm. Um, and like, mm-hmm. if, if a poem is not working or it's not, it's not doing you know, it's like, it's, it's not, I keep tweaking with and I keep working on, you know, it's like, I, I will work on a thing until I get it into that state, you know, like mm-hmm. put hours and hours behind it or whatever, but I will work on it until I get into that state. And then it's like, it's, it feels like in my, like in my brain or like my, my brain space, it feels like something clicks into place. I'm like, okay, done. All right. That's it. I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But right. yeah. Hmm. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean the, I mean the 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 inner editor can definitely be ruthless, um, <laughs> and I I definitely like I feel the vibes when you just keep on you know going and trying to like you know make everything lock click you know set into place, um, but yeah that that's the it that that a process is definitely um the the editing part um is definitely growing um how would I say like that it is that the editing just as uh, a practice um is is a little bit more more relevant than uh, the the completion or the the product oriented mm-hmm. mind um but I I definitely I feel I feel that and I feel like at sometimes at some points like especially when you have either coming across either deadlines or whatever <laughs> else like you know you sometimes you gotta get things done and you gotta just you mm-hmm. know send things out and just move on so yep. you know i feel i really feel that yeah i mean there definitely been some like oh i feel this more as an editor of other people's poetry than i do of my own because you know it's like i i tend to not uh s- submit things to be published you know i've only i only have like two uh i guess technically like two chapbooks under my name um nice but i mean like one's more or less self-published and the other was like published by a friend for a class and now my press has sort of <laughs> taken on publishing it so i guess it's technically self-published in it's like second edition but whatever um mm-hmm. but like I, because of that i feel like i have a lot more time that i could spend on my i mean on the one hand it's good because i have a lot of time that i can spend on things and i'm not pressured by deadlines or you know it's like there's there's not a like a home that's waiting and ready for these things but on the other hand it's like not having that fire of like, oh, okay, this is what this this is what this project this is the end result of what this project's going to be, and this is something that I need to work towards, um, of, can sometimes make those things just stay as, as like nebulous projects that don't ever really get finished. Um, mm-hmm. But when I'm working with um, like for my press, when I'm working with other people's poems, um, there's definitely like. That, that that weird position of like okay i'm i'm editing this thing and i'm trying my best to not edit it as if i was the one writing the poem but really try to be true to like the voice and the tone and the energy of mm-hmm. the other poet um and you know like okay i th- i think that this poem wants to do this and i'm i made some suggestions to try to get it there um and you know like if the other poet or if the poet i'm working with doesn't uh, agree with those suggestions or rejects those suggestions, which they are totally within the right to do, but you know, like they don't, they don't tweak it the way that I think that it should be tweaked. There's a part of it. It's like they're my internal editor is like, no, but it needs like, 
you see where it wants to go and these are the steps to take it to where it wants to go and this is what needs to happen and there's like i have to just kind of like shut the door <laughs> on it mm-hmm. and just be like it's not my poem mm-hmm. you know like it's up to them if it's like whatever state that they get it to that they're happy with that they feel like it's done you know it's like okay cool you know but my job is to is to create the vessel for this thing and to edit it to the best of my ability and you know like there's again it, you know it's like there's there's a limit on how how hard or how there's some things that I will push and I will like argue if I feel really strongly on but there's other things that you know it's like eh mm-hmm. it's like you know I I would maybe change that word or I would maybe mm-hmm. like switch these couple of stanzas around but if you don't feel that way or if it doesn't if it doesn't bother you that's fine you know it's like there's there's a the state of it being it's like okay it's done we got to get this manuscript you know like i gotta start doing the layout we can just you know we can we can go with it um right but yeah <laughs> that's exactly why i'm not like <laughs> like a, a editor of uh my own press i <laughs> i would probably be like oh you want to keep on editing all right <laughs> sure that's like how do we want to just talk about this thing and we'll never make no money yeah well i mean i'm i'm not really making any money not doing that but that's that's another point um that's another topic but it's i mean i it feels like i guess it really does help in a sense to have that sort of like internal sense of when a thing is done or when it like is at least in a in a state of like being stable maybe that's that's the point of like like it can exist on its own in the world and it like it can be there there's not going to be anything that's like a, a weakness or a point where it's going to like lose its energy or it's going to deflate on itself or whatever it's like it can it can exist as it is and it has a certain amount of longevity like you like a helium balloon that you buy from the the grocery store that will last for like 6 months you know mm-hmm. just like in a corner of a room um but there is like I guess it's it's like it's helpful because um, there was one one manuscript I was working with recently that there were a couple poems that like like we kept tweaking and I would like change a, a thing here change a thing there send it back to the poet they'd send it back to me we we kept going back and forth and then like they would they would send me back a revision and they fucking nailed it and I was like okay this is done mm. you know it's like there's there's nothing more about it that I think needs to be ch- I mean there are things about it that I could probably like if I sat with it for long enough I could probably nitpick and like scoot things around but like mm-hmm. it it re- does reach a point where it's like it those those Lincoln logs lock into place in- <laughs> internally and I'm like okay cool there's a, another one that I'm working another I guess it's like it's a manuscript in the sense that it's the poems in a collection that they want to publish, but it's not like ordered or anything yet. We're still really in the early stages of it's like, it's more individual poems in a group instead of a manuscript as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I've, I've been working with her. We've been having like monthly editing meetings for, Oh God, I don't know, like half a year, maybe, maybe longer than that. Nice. Um, and it's been really interesting to see like the poems change and, you know, like I think there is eleven that she wants to publish, and like six of them are done. Done. Like I, I read them. I'm like mm-hmm. okay, it's like there's nothing more that I, I feel needs to change. This thing can like it's it can like it's not wobbly on its legs anymore. It can walk. It mm-hmm. might have you know, it it can you know it can it can handle it can walk on its own two feet. It can handle itself. I can mm-hmm. I can now move on to these other problems. Um. 
which god yeah if i if i didn't have that cutoff point i would probably go mad <laughs> editing stuff oh yeah. man yeah that deadlines help but they also hurt oh yeah, yeah. jesus um although yeah. i do it's really interesting like i i i guess this makes like in hindsight this makes a lot of sense but in the process of it was a sort of like weird like oh this is a new discovery for me um that like being an editor for as long as i have been with my own press it definitely feels like my it has enhanced and um like heightened and tightened my own revision my revision of my own poetry um Mm -hmm. which i guess you know like because like no none of the poets that i've worked with with the press write anywhere remotely similar to how like to my own poetry but you know, like I, I definitely I'm working out those muscles a lot more and I've had a lot more experience with just like trying to find the heart or the sort of like kernel of a poem and figuring out like oh is this this what sort of radical revisions does this need is it just some line edits or does this thing need to be like stripped down to its base and then built back up again with like two or three stanzas surviving the like <laughs> the carnage of revision um, but yeah, I, it's like I, like I said. In hindsight, it feels obvious. It's like, oh yeah, of course my, <laughs> my of course my revision ability is going to be, be better having mm-hmm. like flex those muscles and work them out for, um, I don't know, geez, seven, no, eight, no, <laughs> fuck, when did the press start? Seven years. In, Ooh. In May, it'll be officially seven years. Nice. Yeah. Jeez, nice. God, I I am terrible at keeping track of time. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but no that's that's really great i mean with with every with every year or i mean let's say with every project like um do you feel like you're encountering something uh like a, a, a not not a wall but just a new um i don't know some a new checkpoint in your like your ability like when you when you reach that point did you find that there were certain aspects of your reading that um you was like all right uh i would I think I'm seeing like a pattern in some of the things that I, I make decisions on regarding, let's say metaphor. I don't know. Do you, do you basically it's like, do you keep track of like your decision-making and how they form a pattern over time? And like, are you consistent with that or are you changing um, every other project or, you know, the things that you, that you look for? So there are definitely some things that are consistent. Like, so in my own, in my own writing, um, which has been, like I said earlier, has been very heavily impacted by haiku and the sort of like the motions and the like the, I don't know, I guess like how, how those poems manifest. Um, the, like I'm really big on just giving me like or giving the, the reader really like uh, punchy, declarative, image heavy stanzas. Um, it's like, you know, I just I want them to because my, my big thing with, with my poetry is like I, I want it to be a an emotional transfer of an experience like or a transfer of an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do what I can to give as much like in as much vivid detail or as much pinpoint detail as I can, the sort of groundwork and the, the, the frame of this emotional experience and let the, the reader sort of fill in the rest of the stuff, um, which is a direct, it's it's a lesson I learned directly from just my my reading and my writing of haiku, because um, that's it's basically what those little poems are, um, at least in my experience and the sort of the way that I utilize them. 
Um, so there are definitely, like the, the manuscript that I was, I just got finished sort of fit, doing the layout and stuff for um, this past week um, is poetry that felt like it lended itself more to that writing style. Um, so it was a little easier for me for some of those poems to sort of like figure out or like navigate what I kind of felt the poem wanted to be because I, it's like this is, this is a, a world that I'm very well versed in, in moving in. Um, because you know, it's like it's it's similar. It's very similar to the way that I write poetry and how I think about like images and stanzas and line breaks. Um, but there are have been other projects. Like there was one um, a, a Canadian poet that I worked with named uh, Stanford Chung that writes in such a radically different way than I write. Um, it's like dreamlike and it's lyrical and it's it took me. I think his his collection or his manuscript it took me the longest to actually sort of find my way into because it's it's also deals with like um it's more uh like mosaic or sort of pastiche of how the images and the stanzas and stuff manifest on the page and how the, the poem it's like it's like montages almost um mm -hmm. and it was just a, like a visual language that i was not and like using using words more so for their tone and their sound rather than necessarily their meaning or their like concreteness. Um, and it just, it took me such a long time to kind of figure out my way into those poems and having, it was really, it felt like I was learning, like I had to be, I had to become fluent in another language. Mm. Um, and over time it, like I was able to kind of figure, like find my way through those poems and sort of get a sense of like, okay, this is what this poem is doing and this is sort of like, okay, this is where it wants to go and this is what it's doing. And based on those two things, I can kind of plot the point to like get it there using like using the the tools that the poem itself is sort of set up. Um, mm -hmm. But that's like that's been one of the really amazing things about the the press and working with the just the tons of different writers that I've had the, the opportunity and fortune to work with is just that every one of them is such a different experience um and requires something radically different from me when i'm doing the the revision um and even like the layout and stuff it's like you know each thing wants to each manuscript wants to be its own thing um mm -hmm. and and part of it like a huge part of the process for me is figuring out what those things are you know like what are the what are the colors what are the tones what's like the overall emotional experience um you know like even what size the book wants to be because um, mm -hmm. I've, I've worked on some that want to be real small books. Um, like most right. of my poetry wants to be real small. Um, but I did a, um, uh, a collection, uh, or I, I published a collection of erasure poems that the poet, uh, used, uh, Trump, some Trump speeches, um, as the sort mm -hmm. of like basis for the erasures. Um, mm. and I published it as like a eight and a half by 11, you know, like full sheet of printer paper sized book, which is like the mm -hmm. biggest book that I've, I've done, but it's just like, that's how these things wanted to be. That's how they, they wanted to exist. Um, mm -hmm. Right. But right. yeah, it's, um, so to, as a, as a very long winded way to answer your question, like there are definitely some things that like, there are definite tendencies that I know that I have and certain aesthetics or, or certain aesthetic principles that I sort of adhere to. Mm -hmm. um, but if a if a manuscript doesn't want to exist within those parameters, I it's 
sometimes takes me a long, a longer than I would like to admit um, to get to the, the place of like meeting the thing where it is. But um, it's, it's been nice to know that like I have enough, it's been a nice to experience having enough flexibility to like, to deal with each one of those things and to like for each one of the books and each one of the, the collections to be its own unique thing and to have its own voice and to feel very distinct from the other ones, but to also still have the sort of, at least as far as like the physical books are concerned, like this like consistency that you like, if you looked at all of my books sitting on a shelf together, you could, you could totally pick out that they're all made by the same press and made by the same person but there's nothing about it that you could like really pinpoint. You just like, Oh yeah, you get that sense. Um, which I really, really love. It's like that there's this mm-hmm. sort of like unconscious aesthetic similarity that they all have, but they are all into themselves, very unique individual things. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, like when reading, when reading poems, like, especially if I, if I'm reading for uh, a journal, um, like and this is still something I'm, I'm like you know working through but it's like of just the 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 fact of like reading certain works and just trying your best to understand why you yourself like do not like um <laughs> yeah certain things and not as anything like you know mm-hmm. bad of like why you don't like th- this like decision i mean or no no it's not <laughs> what i'm trying to say is like it's not uh it's not anything let's say um bad on the the author themselves but really just putting the putting the light and the 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 not the stress but just putting the um the focus on making sure that you're actually being very uh caring and and attentive to this person's work to come to like a conclusion about like your your own um of what you deem as as beautiful or as sound as or whatever whatever it may be and so it's like just figuring out how to explain why i may not like a a poem Mm -hmm. um feels you know sometimes even even closer of like trying to like really get to the to the between the nitty-gritty of of the 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 techniques i accept and and reject and that's something you gotta like constantly go back and forth because it's like you know yo since life is so short you're probably (laughs) wrong about about i mean not about every decision you make with like uh rejection but you know sometimes it's like you know, at, at a certain point, 20 years down the line, 10 years down the line, it, it may change. And then you're like, oh, that piece of work that mm-hmm. I wasn't quite fond of is like, quite, like really changed my life right now. Yeah. And so there's that that dilemma of of like coming to terms about what you do and do not like. <laughs> um, it, it's just it's very weird. Yeah, that's something that I've I've been maybe not struggling with, but definitely something that I've been like conscious and have been thinking a lot about that. Like if I encounter like a a collection of poetry or book or whatever that just, I'm not vibing with, if it's a, like, is there something about this thing that I'm just generally, it's like, eh, it's just not my taste. Um, Is it something about this thing that I actively dislike? Or is it something that's just like, I'm just not, I'm not connecting with it now, but at some point later and like down the line, I will probably connect with it. Or, you know, like some, some, Mm -hmm. anything between those points on those poles on the, like a plane, you know, it's like all of the weird sort of gray space between them. Um, And then also that like, 
you know, like if you're not this, I've always, I've always struggled with this. It's like, if you're, if you're reading a book and you're just not like, you're not getting with it, like what is your allegiance to that thing? It's like, do you, do you push through it? Like if you're reading a novel or a poetry collection, it's like how many, how many pages or how many poems do you, do you give a book before you're like, nah, I'm going to put you down. Or do you not? Like, do you, do you personally, like, do you just like push through and, and like complete it and be like, okay, I encountered that. I read it once. I'm probably never going to go do it again, but I now have like, I have that experience like in my back pocket if I ever need it for some reason. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I used, I mean, I used to be, you know, before I, you know, when, when studying and be like, Oh, I got to push through every, every project and, and complete it. But I don't know. Sometimes, you know, if something's not, not quite hidden, I got to, I gotta understand this is this is not um, the the end of the world if I just like switch over to uh, another book that's like <laughs> gained my attention. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, like you uh, said, it's like yeah. life. Life's real fucking short. You know, like I I would much rather spend my time with things that like that bring that really spark that joy and spark that excitement as opposed to a thing that's like, uh, you know, okay, I guess it's like it's fine. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and I mean it. Those the pieces of work that you tend to put down, <laughs> it seems like they they tend to uh, yeah they tend to to fall under under similar categories. Uh, I mean, in terms of, like their accessibility and like their own audience, but also really just like um, their own uh, their own let's say you can kind of understand that like the way that someone starts to to talk in, a, in an essay or in a poem of just like one how playful um they are 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 being with language how risky mm. they're being like you know mm-hmm. it, all i feel like whenever i'm writing i'm and i'm looking for it even more so now which i need probably not like actively look for it but it's like uh but of just understanding like where are the moments in which um that i am using like you know these vague terms and and um and and images that aren't actually descriptive enough um to to the point of the either the emotion or the moment of whatever is happening and it's like the books that i tend to put down tend to be the ones that are also sometimes like struggling in their own complexity to define um, this this particular um, imbalance in in whatever they're talking about, language, the state of the world, um, however it may be. And and sometimes it's like, just always that that worry of like, you know, am I I just spewing words? Or and also, am I just doing this thing that seems really cool to me? And like, how is it actually like really um, accessing the 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 people you know around me? And that like, even that can be like a little shaky ground because it's like you know it starts to wonder like, oh, am I restricting how I naturally sound so that I can mm-hmm. uh, feel like I'm at a service to to whatever? But so that's the last thing. Like if you. <laughs> If you know anyone who who knows me, that's like the last thing I'm worrying about. It's like trying to the sometimes the accessibility, but then it's like um, accessibility is is not 
it's not always like dependent on the the on the audience member um but as opposed to accessibility of of your honest perception um and your honest absorbance of of some experience and it's like if you're able to make that if you're able to access that moment then it's it almost feels like it doesn't matter who's on the other side like they will kind of like ride with you if you know if you feel like you're you're really just accessing that 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 honesty um in between yeah that's yeah that's actually like I think that that is a a really beautiful way of describing sort of what I was what I was trying to get at with like the the emotional transference of an experience. Um, it's like you 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 hit that. Like even if you're not giving the like the the pure objective objective truth of a situation or an experience or whatever you know it's like you're you're writing about it in in metaphor and figurative language and in images and it's like those are precise in a particular way but maybe not as that precise as like a a, a, you know like capital t truth objective you know whatever um but you hit the emotional honesty of a situation or the like like this is what it felt like and i i totally i 100 percent agree that's like if you if you are truthful and evocative and um like concise in your way of presenting that that experience or like those those elements of that experience to other people like even if there's um you know like a language barrier or like an image barrier there's something that's like you know a a way of 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 presenting that poem that a a reader is not accustomed to or not used to it's like you'll still catch them um i mean i think i i the way that i think about it is like watching foreign language films uh sometimes without without subtitles and just seeing if you can figure out like what the hell's going on, um, mm-hmm. and like and if the if the emotionality or like the the heart of the experience is conveyed in a way that is honest, in a way that is like ev- ev- evocative and effective, it's like even if you don't have all the details to whatever the se- like whatever is happening, it's like you you know you'll be able to it's like you know what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and I, like that's a the, the accessibility is something that I never really thought about. It's like how much do you how much how much do you as a as a poet or as a writer or as a creative like move to meet other people where they are and how much do you expect them to move to meet you where you are you know like where mm-hmm. where is that where is that middle ground of of distance between you and them that you can both arrive at on more or less like equal footing um or even if it's not equal but you could like more or less like you could actually meet each other in that space um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Uh, I I kind of hinted at it, you know, before. Um, I was basically, you know, that getting into at the moment and at the time that I started to take poetry uh, more seriously. Um, I grab, you know, I I loved like uh, language that was just like you know, sometimes so, so dense and like just, you know, experimenting with, with, uh, with just, with the, the normal syntactic structures that we norm like that we um, commonly like exchange in conversation, but how like seeing some people like really break it and like remake it. And it's like, it's, 
I, I just I, I loved it. I love it. I still love it. <laughs> I think the I th- but that's really just to say like in the beginning it was not so much about like trying to uh, appease the audience and then there was like you know always a debate like oh why like well, you know why they're not not open to the blah 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 but you know <laughs> at, at, you know open the new things or whatever but it really you know if <laughs> you know the 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 people that you you reach like one will you'll find them eventually mm-hmm. but then two it's like um too it's like it's just so much work of just trying to um trying to to make sure that you yourself are you that you yourself are comprehensible by people that you haven't met or you know Mm -hmm. whatever may that may be so i in terms like in terms like the accessibility like topic it's I don't find myself like anymore um, kind of like thinking too much uh, about audience as opposed to trying to, again, like, like I said before, kind of like ask myself, like, um, uh, am I being honest? And like, am I kind of like uh, being very, if, if I am taking a moment taking an experience and just really like uh, uh, taking the time to, uh, allow myself to find the the correct like sequence of words that will actually define or shape or represent mm-hmm. that 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 experience that I, I think like I said before like if if I'm being honest to myself then the people who can as you know real recognize real so it's like <laughs> um the folks that that really recognize you are going to 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 see you and and show the love so mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not thinking too much a, a, about it yeah. anymore like i used to and i think it's like somewhat for me it feels like it's making me like a better uh, creator <laughs> well i mean i think I've, at the very least i would think that it would it's a like it leads you to more consistency um because if you're so i feel like if you're so wrapped up i mean not you specifically like the general you it's like if you if you're really wrapped up in um, like doing things for the tastes of the audience, like that to me feels like it is so fucking mercurial and can change on a dime that you're like, you're almost like you're always playing catch up unless you have some sort of weird prescience that you can predict like, you know, ne- the next fad or the next thing that people are going to be into. Um, you know, it's like, it's, you're always sort of like at the whim and at the beck and call of whatever it is that they want. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't know what they want until you do the thing and they either react positively or negatively to it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you, like you said, it's like if you are more um, more bound or more concerned about the sort of, like, emotional honesty or the, the like, honesty of perception or of your, like, the, the experience, like, the people that are going to connect to it will connect to it regardless um and it like it keeps things more i don't know like more more focused on the art and more focused on like the path of the that the art takes as opposed to you know like it's it's a, it feels like a more internal thing um or mm-hmm. more insular but not in like a, a negative connotation of insular it's like you know you're not you're not being buffeted by what everyone else thinks this thing should be 
like you're more concerned with like well what does this thing itself want to be mm-hmm. um which is kind of like i guess going back to the whole you know like with revision and editing and stuff you know it's like finding that 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 um having that relationship with your work in a way that you can figure out like, Oh, this is what this thing actually wants to be. It's like, this is the shape that it wants to take, or this is the language that it wants to use, or this is the, like, this is the experience that it wants to convey. Um, and then like shutting everything else out, shutting out everything else aside from just what you need to do to get that poem to where it wants to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like though every every uh, <laughs> ever so often I feel like I have to give just like a, a little disclaimer of being like you know the the, the confidence of talking about not um, caring so much about the audience is obviously circumstantial and yes. like there's gonna be moments gonna be like oh I hope they like it you yeah know? oh and, no yeah I mean I feel like right. like like that's. I mean, that's, I feel like that's part of an, the aspect of being an artist that's like, you know, unless you were just doing the work for yourself and it's, it's a very processed thing and you honestly don't give a shit like what the end result of the process is. It's like, if it's all just in-house internal for you, there's always going to be that element of like, oh boy, I'm sharing this with people. Ah, mm-hmm. you know, I hope I, I hope I get uh, positive feedback and reinforcement for this thing that I spent X amount of time on. Right, um, right. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's and it's so it's it feels weird. Like, I feel like poets only really get that performative aspect or that, that sort of immediacy in response when they're doing readings or or like spoken word stuff, um, because like at least like I I personally write very much for the page, um, and I'm I'm less concerned about the the public reading of a thing. Um, but because I'm less concerned about the public reading of my poetry, I recognize that I am not a very captivating reader. Um, I'm like, I'm really terrible on the stage. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and like, I've, I've had limited experience with it, which I also know, you know, it's like, I'm, I've, I've not been an up and enough in front of people reading my poetry to really feel comfortable and confident doing it. But I also, it's like, I just, it's like. I don't. They don't want to exist like that. They want to exist being read, and so there's always this feels like there's this tension, and I get in my head about it, and it's just a big fucking thing. But like, being like, I'm I'm also a musician, and I'm I play in a band with my partner and one of our friends, um, and we did a show. Oh, geez, like two years ago, three years ago now, um, and it was a totally different experience, of like this is the way that this music wants to be experienced and like enjoyed and it was such a like a weird thing to step into that space of like oh shit i feel like i'm nervous because it's my first show but i feel pretty confident about what we're doing here um in just the like you know like this is a like feeling that sort of like being up the i guess like the energy of the crowd as a thing that you're working in conjunction with instead of when i'm reading mm-hmm. poetry feel like i'm working actively against <laughs> which mm-hmm. is maybe not the best to have at like initially that level of like low-key antagonistic relationship with the audience but mm. you know yeah it, it worked for some punk bands but i i don't i don't think it's really working for me when i get up and read like sad nature poems <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean that that's the, I, the irony is that like you know my background 
um, has definitely been in front of uh, audiences and performing works out loud, you know, for for much of my life, if if not most. But um, and you know, there's there's it's like because when when performing also works, that's also another thing because it's also like you can be performing a piece that is not done. But definitely the way that you perform it um, can somehow tap into like a different mode of honesty that like accesses someone, which is so strange. But it's like, you know, you have people really connecting to like these um, performances in in different ways, no matter like, uh, I'm not not no matter the words, but Mm -hmm. definitely like, you know, um, you have some leniency when when someone's energy is is kind of like conveying something um really interestingly and but that's really just to say like that when being in a space that like is asking you to actively perform and then kind of like not in my ways like trying to be a little bit um a little bit like grounded in in how I wanted to um you know create my pieces and and how I wanted to sound and how I wanted to write um that kind of like creates a, a, a kind of clash, which like in a way, like I really appreciate having that type of clash of like mm-hmm. um, being in a, a, in a predominantly like performative space and yet trying your best to, to not be performative. It's something that just won't work. <laughs> like, especially if you're gonna be like trying like, uh, trying to, you know, I don't know, slam and, and, and you know, make a team or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, is, it is interesting though, like even just the different ways that people perform works, how, how in just these different, different mediums, we, we have to like, access that honesty so differently so like for you like if you're if the work is mostly on the page it's like you know you you found the platform that that really allows you to allows you to um express you know just for lack of better words uh, you know express yourself um <laughs> the the most you found and so but with me it's like i love p- performing mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's like uh it's like you know whenever we have or at least for me uh whenever i have a certain clash between two mediums that i love that may not always be working in the best way one i have to like you know really just ask myself like what is it also about me that i'm not opening up to Mm. but then two it's also like just understand sometimes like you know you have to do this whole trial and error thing to figure out how you would actually be comfortable in a in a in a space that that's asking you to perform Mm -hmm. um and it's like what are those what is that like community that that you know made you feel safe in in a a room that that allowed you to have all your quirks um (laughs) kind of like at the forefront in a in a different performative um in a different performative experience and it's like I'm I'm sort of rambling, kind of like going a little bit on the side, but I think what I like. No, I mean, that, I think when yeah, what you what you're going in about and about performances is is kind of like was just making me just think about the other opposite side of just understand like how even performance when when pieces are for for the page that we believe is for the page only, mm-hmm. but it's like 
performances are just asking like just some different technical um yeah I, that's forms of accessing you know yeah that's something that like i just i just now sort of thought about this um just based on like what you were what you were just talking about that like the i guess i should stop thinking about like reading my poems as a like this is not the way that i want them to be ex like experienced but more of a way as like this is an adaptation of my own work um and that like it it requires different things you know like it like the, a performance space or a reading space it's like it it requires it, it requires a different manifestation of the poem in it like i i can't i can't bring out the poem on the page in a way that people could experience it in a reading situation unless i handed them out you know like a a pamphlet of my of the poems i was going to read that night which i've thought about i have not had the opportunity to to pull this or to try this yet but my my dream reading is to just get up there and tell everyone to look underneath their seats and pull out like a little packet and then like play some like some original music that you know is like uh inspired by or, or catered to whatever the reading selection is and then just let them read for like 10 minutes that would be mm -hmm. that is my absolute dream but barring that um like viewing it as like this is a this is a um an adaptation of the work you know it's like this is a this is a um like it's existing in a different space and it requires something different for me to give to it but roundaboutly that what you were talking about i i had a question that i've i've always wanted to ask um i don't i don't personally know a whole lot of like uh spoken word or performative poets most of the poets that i'm um i've kind of grown up with as at least as far as like my grad school days go are, are poets for the page but for you personally um when you are when you have a poem that you know is going to be performed do you like is the performing of that poem the sort of like that's the that's the existence that this thing wants to have like is it is a um is a poem like if you write out a, a, a poem that you're going to perform do you feel like it is half or like part of the work and it is only completed when you're given the chance or the space to actively and actually perform it to people uh um if that makes sense i i know that that was kind of a rambling question but yeah so the like if are you saying that like um when completing a poem like if i need the basically like the sat you might not be meaning this particular word but basically like the satisfaction of um reading out loud to to people that completes the whole experience of like writing it and then sharing it with the world you... i mean maybe not necessarily satisfaction but like the way that i think about like like a let's say a, a poetry collection like a, a, a poetry book like to me that is the the like the smallest unit that those that that work can be reduced to and still maintain mm -hmm. itself is like is is the book itself mm -hmm. um so i'm wondering if like the like the poems that you perform is that the like is the performance itself the the sort of like smallest unit that you can reduce that work down to or or in your mind can you then reduce it down even further to like the poem like is the is the po is the performance in the poem are they the same thing or are they like a separate like each one is its own sort of manifestation of a of a different 
like a, a the related manifestation, but a, a an independent manifestation mm-hmm. of like the same thing. I think I see where you uh where where you uh, where you going, but um I uh I mean from what I understand I, I I would probably say that they're very different experiences, um and I, I like you know sometimes I wouldn't even whittle it down to I wouldn't even go to say like uh I wouldn't say like even that the the poem or or the performance is reduced from anything or reduced to anything that like you know if people can if people can freestyle right um you know uh whatever medium it may be improvised freestyle Mm -hmm. um I think that already kind of like shows that performance can kind of like live on its uh live live on its own kind of like without the 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 piece of work that is being conveyed or at least maybe I'm just I don't know if maybe I'm not uh address addressing the question the way that you're asking but yeah I'm just from what I what I got it seemed like there would be like two different um experiences that kind of like are their their own separate okay uh, yeah. I, yeah that's that was i guess like the, the question to me because like the um yeah i don't i don't have another another way to phrase it but that i i think that that sufficiently <laughs> answered my question mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but since we've been talking for uh close to two hours um, oh my god yeah um i'm going to uh i'm going to ask you the standard last two que- or the traditional last two questions that i ask all of my guests um the first question is uh if you have the vocabulary for it uh what is your internal landscape like yeah yeah uh internal landscape yeah this is this is a very weird question i love it because <laughs> like when when you had told me about it i'm i'm like internal landscape um so it i i would i should i should preface it that it doesn't actually have to be a physical landscape like i i view my internal mm-hmm. landscape as very much a physical landscape but there was a, a friend of mine that I, I talked to a while ago that um her internal landscape was a uh, very vibrant red and purple like frosting clouds mm. just as like a space there was somebody else that was basically like um i think it was like a geode it was like a bunch of earth, and then at the core of that mm. earth was like a diamond or like a, wow. a like a crystal of, of some sort, you know, like semi-precious stone or whatever. Um, wow. Yeah. Somebody, but on the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, somebody had an entire fucking like like exoplanet that was populated by people, um, mm-hmm. which was wild. I never, I never thought that that would <laughs> that could like internal landscape would be that. So it's it really is just like when you. Like if you could sort of like close your eyes and just visualize like what what the space inside of you manifests as, like what what would that be? Right. Yeah. Sit so like as you was going through all that, I was like, all right, now I know. It's um, it will definitely be like the you know if the if you know the inside of me would probably just be a library, um, you know, oh, books and like. That's you know, awesome. chess pieces on, you know, chess pieces falling off on <laughs> boards and things like that. Uh, a little bit cluttered, but like mostly cluttered, cluttered with either books or chess pieces. That's really cool. Would you like, 
would you see yourself as a sort of like an avatar of yourself moving in that space or would you see yourself like as the space itself? Oh, that's interesting. Or would it depend? Uh, like, cause there are definitely times it's like, I like my internal landscape is just like a big open prairie. Um, mm-hmm. And there are days that I am the prairie. There are days that I am walking the prairie and there are days that I'm watching myself walk the, like walk along the prairie. Um, yeah. So it like it could be different for you, but I'm just I'm curious. It's like do you do you see yourself as like an active figure in that like exploring that space, or do you just see yourself like as the yeah. space itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, I probably would say. Oh man, I, I will. Hmm. I think. I think. I probably would want to be a character like, you know, um, engaging in that space, like okay. just just walking into space. I, I think it like ideally, like I feel like, oh, it will be amazing to to be a library and be the chess pieces and blah, blah, blah. But it's also like I, I'm feeling like, um, oh, man, what what's that? Uh, that that uh, that children's book um, with with the bear and corduroy. Right. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 So corduroy and also the children's book uh what you call it um uh t- uh, fro- uh frog and toad mm-hmm. um like in those instances they are like walking in these these massive spaces either the natural world or corduroy in the whole toy store and mm-hmm. like everything just feels so vibrant and almost alive but then it's like kind of creepy though like <laughs> like imagine you are that space and you're just like you have to be silent but you're like constantly watching over whatever is <laughs> whatever is like walking within you that's like some monetization kind of thing i don't know <laughs> but uh and also it's like like am i stuck there too I, now you kind of got me overthinking this question but <laughs> i mean well it's like because my my landscape has been a pretty like when since i first sort of realized what it was it's been pretty static although there is like occasionally there will be a small like a small building that just appears the inside of which is like a bed um like a window with white curtains and like a a desk and a lamp and a chair and like a notebook um and then there'll sometimes be a door that in that room or in that like hut that opens up to like the sort of other like other rooms of myself that's a sort of like weird you know like hallway underground thing um but you know it's not there all the time mm-hmm. or if it is there all the time i'm at least just not in the vicinity of it a lot of the mm-hmm. time um so right like i mean it's i mean it's your landscape if you feel like you're <laughs> in that library more often than not that's cool but if you go someplace else that's, that's fucking cool you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but thank you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but that that is definitely the the answer, like the the library. But I, I think I would be a, I would walk into the space. Though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's that's really yeah. really neat. Um, yeah. and the traditional last question is, do you have a question for me? Yeah. So we've been talking. We kind of jumped on this thing, and I never really even asked, like, how did I even get on here? Oh. <laughs> and like, I'm like, how did you? Okay. Like, even... <laughs> so one of, one of my coworkers asked about this earlier, asked me about this earlier today when I told them, like I, I left work early, um, one to come home and take a nap, but two also to sort of prep for, for this, uh, this recording. 
Um, and they asked me who I had on and like, you know, how, how I got you on. But I, I want to say that I think that you either listened to or liked or started following the So Poetry um, SoundCloud, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like, cause I don't get a ton of, um, followers or like, for some reason it's like you had a, you had a SoundCloud account and I saw that like you had shown up somehow on my, on the, the so poetry SoundCloud. Um, and then I just sort of like, like in a very, very light sort of like just internet stock, just, you know, to see mm-hmm. like, you know, just what you had around and stuff. And I saw some of your, um, I want to say on YouTube, uh, I saw some of your spoken word pieces, um, and then I found you on Instagram or I, um, I think there was somebody, somebody posted about like your, um, your like, uh, chess, um, yeah. classes and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's really fucking cool. So I started following you and I was just thinking of like, um, like interesting guests that are interesting people that I would like to have as guests that seem you know like that are poets that seem like they're doing really cool things that would be fun to talk to. And your name was up the, up at the top of my list. Um, I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I was like, because this was this was like this was a little almost nerve wracking because, you know, I I saw actually. So I don't know if I, I don't know if um, I was on sound. I do sometimes go on the SoundCloud and you know just scroll, especially for, uh, podcasts and such. Mm-hmm. And so after we had talked about doing it, I like listened to um quite a quite a few of your episodes um since since the first time we talked like a while back yeah yeah, yeah. i like listened to a few of the episodes um and i saw all the time i didn't realize like time would just go by like this i thought (laughs) we were like in our first like 30 45 minutes but yeah at the time i was like yo two hours like what we we got what we even got time to talk about like what like what do i (laughs) i know yeah appreciate the call i was like i'm like what do i have to say yeah well that's that's the thing that like i i found so i i people that have been with the podcast since way at the beginning sort of know the, the genesis of why I started this. But the, the main reason that I started this podcast was that I was like fresh out of grad school. Um, it was like maybe a year or so after I graduated. And I realized that I had not had like an in-depth discussion about poetry or just like creativity or any of the things that are tangentially related to that in like a year because you know, I just wasn't in class with my friends anymore. And we didn't all have a reason to go out to like a bar at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and you know, like everybody had everyone else that I was, I was in class with, they graduated too. And they're all sort of like, you know, getting into their own lives. And it's just this sort of natural distance that begins to creep in because you're not forced to be in the same room with the same people, you know, like two, two, three times a a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, well, what's, what's a way that I could, like a way that I could have some of those conversations, but have it be something that is like maybe edifying or entertaining for other people. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I could just do a fucking podcast. (laughs) Um, but it's like, I, in the, um, again, for those of you been with the podcast for a while, know that I do relatively minimal editing. Um, because I really like the, the conceit that I have is that like, this is, I want it to be as close to, what it would be like if somebody just happened to overhear like two people talking at a bar or a cafe or whatever about like poetry, you know, just having mm-hmm. a conversation. Um, and, but it's like, I found that once you kind of like, once, once poets are like, once creative people kind of start getting talking, 
they can talk for a long time, <laughs> which is not bad. And it's like, it, you know, it's, it, it's always really enjoyable for me to just to kind of see. Um, Cause also again, people that have been listening to the podcast for a while know that like I send out a sort of primer list of questions to people just to kind of get them into the, like the headspace of talking poetry. Um, mm-hmm. And aside from like one or two recordings that I know for sure, um, like I don't really lean on those questions um, mm-hmm. aside from like the, the internal space one. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, I just, cause most of the things on that I would want to ask or want to talk about kind of usually wind up coming up organically. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, even if they don't, you know, it's like, it's just the conversation just sort of rolls into itself and just kind of continues and just, you know, just, just becomes what it wants to be. Um, and I, I, I find that having a really, really loose touch, um, in those instances is like better because it could just be what it is. And it, you know, it doesn't, it, I like, I want to, I try to avoid these things being like interviews um, mm-hmm. and more so just like a conversation because that's really more what I'm interested in is just, you know, cause like there are definitely some questions that I had for you that didn't get asked, but like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, we'll probably talk again at some point in the future and I can ask you those questions then. But it's also, you know, it's like, it, it's way more interesting to me to just sort of let the conversation just kind of ramble and wander and, um, you know, like build itself into, into almost like, like a poem. You know, it's like you just, you kind right. of, like if you're free writing, you just, it, it kind of just turns into this thing. And you're like, okay, right. well, I, I, I didn't realize that we would be talking about this when we first started talking about it, but here we right. are now. And like, that's fucking rad. <laughs> right right but now that you put it as like free writing i'm now thinking about places i could have edited myself and like <laughs> said some something a little bit more better concise yeah well i mean but that's like that's that's one of the things that i really enjoy about like one of the things that has brought me the, the most amount of gratification and joy in doing these the podcast is the moments where i like i have a completely new thought um based upon something that somebody has brought up or something that somebody said and it just it keys in me something it's like oh shit i never thought about that before like oh wow that is a completely like revolutionary new way to think about this thing um and i feel like there's something like there's something really special about capturing like people coming up with things like for the first time in the moment um similar to like what we we're talking about before about like the emotional or like the honesty of an experience mm-hmm. that to me feels like the most honest to just to be with someone and like to to be with them while they kind of work things out in the moment in in thinking because it's something that they've never either thought about before or something that they've never had to like vocalize or verbalize or like actually put out and or like explain to someone else and like you know watching them sort of navigate like oh no this is this is what I actually am, am trying to say. And like that, the, I don't know, like I, I it would be, it would be, I feel like there'd be something lost in like cutting from someone beginning to say a thing and then right to when they figure it out, you know, like there's, I feel like there's something instructive in like seeing someone navigate that path for themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it at least feels more honest to me to yeah. like, to capture that, the, the entire, you know, like similar to what we were talking about before, it's like the, the process of a thing. It's like I, I, mm-hmm. there's something I find intriguing and interesting, and I think worthy in like the the process of a thing coming into manifestation. Right, um, right. 
And like a conversation between two people that have never talked before is definitely one of those things, you know, it's like, it's a, <laughs> like it, it's a, the process of that, of the conversation sort of like finding its, its legs and its path and its way through a thing. It's like, that's a real, it's like, it's just, it's interesting to me. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope that it's interesting to the listeners. I mean, I, people still seem to be listening to, <laughs> to the podcast, <laughs> which I'm grateful for. Um, but also sort of like similar to what we were talking about before, like, you know, the, like the, the accessibility and the sort of like, you know, how much as a, as a creator, do you move to meet the audience and how much do you expect the audience to move to meet you? Um, and like, what's that relationship and what, like, how do you negotiate that? Um, and I know that there are certain things that I'm pretty uncompromising about, um, and there's certain things about, about the podcast that it's like, you know, I, I want them to be a certain way. And it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, you know, it's like you, you find the audience or the audience that connects with it will connect with it and find it. I'm grateful for the listeners that have, that, that have found the podcast and have connected to it. Um, yeah. but, and it's also nice to know that there's like, cause like I would, I would still love to have these conversations with people, but it just, it, it feels weird it feels more weird to just like cold message somebody on Instagram. you be like, Hey, do you want to talk about poetry for two hours? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little easier of a sell to be like, Hey, I have a podcast. Mm. Do you want to talk about poetry for two hours? You know? Right. <laughs> no, yeah, for real. Like that. Uh, I definitely like, I always look forward, you know, when with, with friends of mine that we just, we just chat about poetry or, or poetry related. Um, you know related events but yeah no it's like this is this is definitely cool and, and chill yeah. um i mean that's yeah, like, yeah. i feel like also like couching it as like this is it's a conversation makes it mm. a lot low a lot more low-key and a lot more it's a, it alleviates a lot of the pressure of like oh shit i'm gonna be interviewed on a podcast it's like no man we're just gonna like we're just gonna talk about poetry for two <laughs> hours it's it's fine it's cool we're just gonna talk it's no big you know right right um, no i appreciate it. i need i like i i, I should have like even listened to to way more to even get comfortable i think what i did psych myself out was actually listening to the podcast uh, um and it, but those are actually some uh some interesting uh interesting stories that that i've heard um especially your recent one uh the the last one with uh oh no i'm trying to find the the name with uh sophie um, Yes, Claire or Claire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was like uh, that was like a interesting like <laughs> it was like hearing um uh, uh, Sophie's like relationship with um uh, with Terrence um and mm -hmm. such and like just like I mean some other stories that you had on here and their like relationship with different different poets and and their own communities was um, interesting. But I think like what got in the head was like one the time. And seeing how much y'all talked about <laughs> and then realizing like we're at the you know whatever two hour mark and i'm like yo i haven't talked about nothing um <laughs> but no nah, it was a it was a good like because i love those moments where you're just able to ramble and you know like just yeah just just take whatever's in your head and kind of like just just flow it does it does feel feel really cool uh, next time won't be psyching myself out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've been, I've been trying to. I, there have been a couple of people that I've wanted to talk, like talk to again, um, just to, like you know, to have on the podcast. And I'm, I'm gonna try 
to like start working in like repeat guests just to to see you know like how things are different i mean i know especially like fucking since covid Mm -hmm. and like quarantine you know it's like so much is like i i was talking to a friend about this last night that's like i feel so much less of myself after this past year um Mm -hmm. that i've been like reduced and like whittled down or like almost uh like dried out to a point of like fuck man i get it's like Mm-hmm. that's one of the other reasons of, of why like the podcast has been a really I mean I know that I've not been super consistent with it but it's been really like a, a really valuable lifeline for me because like this is the maybe the most that I've consistently talked to a person uh, like time wise in the last oh fuck like two or three months oh wow yeah you know and it's like it's it's nice to have the um, I don't know like Especially whenever I go, I mean, since COVID, but, you know, also whenever I go sort of like long gaps between episodes, there's like, I psych myself out. It's like, fuck, man, do I still remember how to talk to somebody? Like, <laughs> how, do, how do I, how do I do this? Like, how am I going to, how, how am I going to talk to someone for an hour and a half to two hours about like poetry? And then, right. you know, it's like you get into the conversation. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I know. It's like riding a bike. It's like, I, I know how to do this. This is fine. You know? Right. But, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean every time. Yeah, it's been it's been really wonderful having you on, and it's been really great talking <laughs> talking to you tonight. This is a really a really good way to I feel like to cap a, a week that like I've I've found myself really fucking struggling through. Mm. Um, and it was nice to have this thing at the the end of the week to be like, okay, this is like regardless of how the rest of my week has been, like this is going to be a bright spot, and I know for sure it's going to be a bright spot. So thank you, thank you so much for for agreeing to to be on the podcast. This was this is a, a a really good it was a really good time yeah thank you um and as always uh, thank you for everyone for listening um i i deeply appreciate it um it, the fact that there's a, as big of an international audience for this thing as there is like i saw there's some some listens from hong kong earlier um like i'm thank you it's 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 super gratifying um do you have any any final thoughts to to leave on or anything uh no i'm good i'm good <laughs> like, fair enough hey, final man. thoughts i feel like i just like splurge everything yeah <laughs> all right man well um in in that case uh go read a poem y'all uh, spend some time go read a poem go find a tree a nice tree to sit under and read a poem um, yeah. and uh i will talk to y'all next time <laughs>